One, two. Landline. Aldo, we good? Hey guys, welcome to Landline. I am your host, Alex McKay. Today's episode has some pretty risque topics on the front end, so if you're listening with someone you get embarrassed in front of, maybe save it for another time. If you're not, listen on, because we're talking about twatter. We're talking about the Patriots win over the Giants and the Bills. We are talking about my triumphant moment in business school class. It's a great time. Happy Thanksgiving to all. I am cooking the turkey. I'm doing it the way Julia Child did it. Thank you for listening. Go to talkforaliving.com for more episodes. Donate to us. Help us get better sound equipment. 15 bucks. Come on, people. Who's going to be the first? Who's going to be the first? Thank you for having us, and we're happy to have you. All right. Enjoy. All right. We're good. My equipment sucks. Hold on. I'll call Baker. Good evening. Baker. How's it going? Mike? Are we good? Baker? We're good, Michael. We're good, Michael. Yes. Oh, man. It's been too long. This, this better be a good one because uh, you're interrupting. I was looking at some uh, Selena Gomez upskirt shots. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Is that I new? You do both. Is that fresh off the presses? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Now, what website do you go to get that kind of stuff? I don't know, it just pops up on this thing called Twitter. <laughs> well, Never that, heard of it. That reminds me of my great idea for Twatter that I always talk about, which, <laughs> which is just like Twitter, but it's just a timeline of people's twats. And it's like, <laughs> here's my twat on vacation in the Caribbean. And like, like man, my twat had a busy weekend. <laughs> that... You know, that's funny because, like, that could actually be a thing in the future. Did, did we ever talk about, Alex, you were the person who came up with Tinder originally. God, Do you Mike. remember this? No, but I'm, that's the best news I've heard all week. Keep going. You have the floor. So, yeah, I was thinking about this, like, a couple weeks ago. Because remember we were talking about, like, the, the player stocks and how you would do something with that, which I think is a great idea. But I remember, like... We were in college, we were at a party, and um, we were all talking, obviously, to ourselves and to no girls around us. And you were kind of looking off into the party and kind of like staring off into the group. And you were like, this is just such bullshit, man. Everyone should just have like a green light and a red light on their head. And when you talk to someone, it has a green light if you want to go hook up and a red light if no. We can cut through all the bullshit. (laughs) That was like, that was it. That's basically the same concept <laughs> i can't i can't tell whether i'd be dead right now if i had tinder in college or if i would be like in jail or what would the outcome have been oh, yeah danger i came up i come up with great ideas that's actually a theme of what i'm trying to get back to right now i feel like i've lost all my mojo as like an angry witty 
idea driven person and I, I lose it especially when I'm doing podcasts. So I'll sit around like after a few beers and be like, Oh my god, this idea is amazing. Like this should be a podcast. My podcast is gonna be so good. And then I do a podcast and it's so boring and full of silences and me saying like the entire time. And I wonder if I should just burn all my equipment in a pile and never do it again. Probably be for the best. <laughs> but I had a triumphant moment in, in at business school today, you guys. And it was like much more on the lines of twatter and um, inventing Tinder 10 years ago than on the lines of being a, like a good student or someone who was reserved. Do you, do you want to hear about it? Sure. Go ahead. All right. So, no, Baker. No. <laughs> Baker's over school. No. What? Sounds great. <laughs> Let's hear about it. Um, so we were talking about the Apple Watch. We, we were supposed to read about the Apple Watch, which I didn't read about because it was the night before the last day before Thanksgiving, like Christmas, Christmas Eve. And... But I was engaged in the conversation, and about 20 minutes in, um, it was a dual class where we had half half of it was econ, and then the other professor was in the room, and then the other half was marketing. So I'm usually pretty tuned in, and I usually participate, and I hadn't said anything, and the teacher, who I really like, called on me, and I like tried to start to answer, but I'd totally been spacing out. I think I was actually texting you guys on my computer about doing this podcast, and I, I just was like, I, I don't know. That's what I said. I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> and so she kind of frowned at me and then class went along and then it switched to the other professor, this cool Japanese guy. We started talking about the Apple Watch and someone started talking about how, you know, they would have to link the safety of driving it in a car to projections of sales. And all these people were talking about how even though sales were down in the beginning, you could project that sales were going to be huge because it was just like the iPhone when it first came out and all this stuff. And, and I finally got a word in because this professor usually only calls you once per class. And I just started going on this rant about how the whole reason people don't have watches anymore is because Apple invented the iPhone and it has a clock on it. So watch sales have gone down because we all have phones. But phones aren't phones, they're computers. Nobody even calls anybody on them anymore. They're just pocket computers. So Apple's convinced us to call these pocket computers phones, and they've got a watch on them, and now they're trying to convince us we need to buy a watch that's also just a computer on your wrist. But the whole reason well, maybe, no, nobody has any watches is because our cell phones have clocks on them. Well, maybe that was the whole idea, was that they were to eliminate the watch first with the phone. And now they're bringing back the watch, but it's their watch. So they own both markets. Well, but isn't the watch actually just like a portal to your pocket computer? It's not a watch at all. It might have the time, yeah. but it's actually People are lazy. They don't want to reach into their pocket, pull out their phone. They can just look at their wrist. All right. Well, whatever happened, people actually started clapping after my rant was done. And it was casual Friday. I had a horrible hangover. I was wearing a baseball <laughs> cap and a T-shirt. And just like it was... It was more of a setting where I was ranting at a party about Tinder than a business school class. And then so I had, you know, I had won that little five-minute stretch. And then I decided to just push the envelope. And I said, and there's a petition going around that you can sign to never have sex with someone who has an Apple Watch. And I'll send it to all of you. <laughs> and what, what was the reaction after that? that there were a couple of, like, cartoons. <laughs> 
There are a couple oh. of cartoonish, like, open mouths, and a couple of people are just like, uh. And then the professor, this Japanese guy who's really hard on everyone, was just like, I respect everything you just said. He literally said that. <laughs> And um, then after class, all these this girl came, this Brazilian girl came right up to me and she was like, "Please send me the link for that petition." I was like, "You, you got it." Um, so that was my moment sure, of ranting. I'm sure, people, I'm sure people are starting to love you on, on, on that campus. Well, this other kid came up and was like, "I would, you should do that as a stand-up act. I would buy ten tickets." <laughs> so. Anyways, I, I I'm just trying to I'm tr- I'm trying to get this podcast going. I'm trying to get all this stuff going and and have it be worth it, right? Because talking is fun, and we gotta we gotta make it sexy. I think the first thing you should probably do is lose Mike and I, and you'll probably be on your way. No way. What? <laughs> you guys are all I have. <laughs> I mean, that is you're you're right. That is probably one of the problems, but. <laughs> Yeah, your friends from high school holding you back again. Perfect. Yeah. No, but Mike, see, you, you, you. The fact of the matter is, you guys think this is fun, just like how you thought Tinder was a good idea ten years ago. Yet, if you tell other people about that, nobody even gets it. Like, yeah. for, for instance, just to circle back and close the loop, I'm telling you, Twatter. How many porn stars would be on Twatter? It would be like the the Twitter for porn stars. It's so, not too late. It's not too late. We gotta spell. Gotta spell it T W A T H E R like twather dot com. Oh, oh, he's getting better. It's so good. So good. It's gold. You should just get that. Go, get it going. Stop like just thinking about things and start doing shit. No, it's more fun to like have a podcast about all the great ideas you invented that but never did. It's so much less work. Yeah, me and my twat got a double macchiato at Starbucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like when twats got yeast infections. Uh, too much? T- TMI? Too much. Johnny two steps. Two right. steps across the line. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Exactly. I had to cross the line. All right. Well, why is it so hard to get the podcast together? It's because Mike's two hours ahead. It's because I'm busy and because Chris is busy, and we end up just like always bailing at the last moment. There's no yeah. good. That... Sorry, go ahead. Baker, <laughs> uh, I, have, I have no excuse. I, I, I'm free all the time. I'm good to go whenever. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, I always feel like you're about to like go on some mission in the Shire, except you're sitting in your hut waiting for us to podcast, and that. I basically am, like, holding you back from living your real Chilean life. Yeah, but if I just have a time and we can just do it, then it's it's done. Like, you know, I, it, it, I, I just need to know before. But, I, you know, you guys are the ones who actually have, like, <laughs> things to do and schedules and stuff. <laughs> Baker, you're pretty hard to book, i got to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough. You know, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard to... Especially, it, it, uh, like, I'm motivated tonight. It's hard, you know, but it's hard during the week when, you know, you work all day and you're, you see 15 different people and, you know, and then you get out and you got maybe you got to do notes and you got some reading to do. Maybe you have an assignment or something, like presentation to prepare for or something. And then, you know, obviously I want to do this, but it's hard to, like, you know, get 
get everything done and then have the energy. I'm excited this week because it's Thanksgiving and tomorrow's a half day and I don't know. I'm fired up about last night's game and all that, but you know, it's real life. You know, it's real life. Real life is a pain in the ass. I know. I completely agree with you. I think all, all of that combined with the fact that we can't do it Saturday morning when we all could like have a cup of coffee like we did that last one because it doesn't meet the football schedule. Right. Yeah. Like either it's either we're like predicting, which is stupid, or we're uh, six days late on analysis and we don't even want to talk about the game anymore because we've watched so much bullshit on sports radio and on NFL Network ESPN that it's tired. It's time to turn the chapter. Well, it is Thanksgiving week in New England, you guys. I just went to the, uh, like, sort of giant supermarket called Russo's. Baker's been there, and all the Christmas trees are out, laying out, ready to get bought. And I got a turkey at the Allendale Farm in Brookline this afternoon that I'm bringing to Nantucket. I'm just going to New England the fuck out of this New England story. And uh, cold nights in the 20s, followed by, like, 45-degree sunny fall days. Uh, people are starting oh. to just, just drive everywhere with their windows up and honk at each other without communicating. And they uh, are communicating yeah. with their horn. That's true. And the pay and and it was a cold night game in Foxborough. It's like it's truly fall in New England. My favorite time and my favorite place. I will say that. Yeah, I miss that so bad. I miss fall in New England's the best. Can't be can't be beat can't be beat it's like ah, i can drink tonight it's 23 degrees out and that's something <laughs> uh, well, it gets dark at like four o'clock so you're like oh it's night i can like start drinking or whatever you know <laughs> yeah it's true and it's just fun like it, it it definitely i will say it's the best place for thanksgiving and christmas it might be really bad a lot of other times but like i can think of 10 towns or 10 regions that are more fun on fourth of july but Thanksgiving and Christmas are basically, I think they were invented in New England. If I, yeah, of course. I mean, at least Christmas and, I mean, at least Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. At least Thanksgiving. And I think, I feel like Jesus did a stretch in Maine before it was all over. Sure. Probably. According to the Book of Mormon, he did. Somewhere <laughs> over here. So, Mike, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving in Chile? Are you Are you celebrating? Yeah, we're, I mean, not on Thursday. They don't do it. I don't get the day off in Korea, so um, I'm working Thursday and Friday. But Saturday, we're getting together, you know, a big group of gringos, and we're just going to cook and then um, bring all of our uh, – all of the food out to our land. And um, we've been trying to do, like, this thing, like, the uh, – where we live is called, like, Rio Chico, like, the small river. And uh, – um, we've been trying to do the Chico Olympics for the last couple months, which is like we have teams and we're going to do all these events, whatever. And we, it, we've been trying to schedule it and it hasn't been really working and we can't really do it. So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of do all the events, but just have more fun with it. So like we built um, ladder ball and cornhole and um, there will be an archery competition and we're going to have Thanksgiving. So it's going to be, should be a good time. My God, it sounds like paradise. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, I am organizing a nine-hole all-comers golf tournament. Um, 
It's gonna. You guys have both been to our house in Nantucket. It's gonna start at the ha- hole in front of our house. And, yeah, I know that hole. And I'm just gonna have. It's gonna be like some friends of my dad's, my sort of pseudo brother-in-law, my uncle, and I'm gonna have different roles or different rules for every hole. So there are all these like different golf games you can play, Stableford and skins and all this crap. But each one is gonna have different rules, including one hole where. You take a length of rope and you're allowed to you move move your ball every shot up to the length of rope in any direction. So I'm gonna it's wow. We're calling it the McKay Turkey Shoot. Mm. My wife. That's came up amazing. With that. So I'm excited That's about amazing. that. Not as cool as archery and cornhole in Southern Patagonia without any parents, but you know it's something. Yeah, but yeah, it's. There'll be some problems here too. It it won't go off as the way I, I expect it to. <laughs> and Baker, you got to get yours in here. Well, I mean, I'm tomorrow. I got a half day. I got to see a few patients in the morning, and then we have this, uh, you know, holiday luncheon where everybody brings in a little potluck, uh, all the staff and assistants and residents and stuff. That's that's fun. That'll be that'll be good. I'll, I'll probably pick something pre-made up in the morning and. Uh, nuke it in the microwave and then pretend like I made it or something. No, you won't pretend. <laughs> um, you won't pretend like you made. You made it. You'll just ignore it the whole time and eat everyone else's food. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then I'm gonna get in the car and, and uh, head back to the Upper Valley and just be very Upper Valley uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, just hang around and maybe play some football on the green on Thursday morning and. And then Friday, I think I want to start this new thing in Hanover where I do, we'll do like a leftovers party at Smith Pond mm. oh. and just invite, you know, invite everybody, all of our friends up and just bring some leftovers, whatever you want to. And, you know, mostly, hopefully alcoholic and, and then bring those up and, and we'll just hang out and make a fire and like hang out in Smith Pond. I think that's a perfect place for Thanksgiving. All right, I got a name for that. Par- I got a name for that party. Okay. Stuffed turkeys. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, I get it. It's pretty good, yeah. right? It's no twatter, but it's good. <laughs> I think twatter is a home run. All right. Well, you yeah. just got to throw you got to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, your dad's place at Smith Pond, that's where, like, when I was back home, I had to go to Baker's dad's place to get uh, the, the Patriots tickets. It's, like, my dream house. It's exactly what I want, you know, 10 years from now. It's little cabin in the woods. He does archery. He, like, oh, there's archery, yeah. Yeah, he's all into it. I was, I was there, and I had my jaw open. I was like, this is exactly what I want in my life. <laughs> Well, Mike, you the 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 offer stands that we will come down and help you build your house, like you know, two weeks a year for the next ten years until you have a house or whatever it takes. Do it. Sounds fun. All right, let's talk football, you guys. We've had two weeks of really uh, exciting games. I would say there's a new feeling in the air. We were all really pumped texting each other before yesterday. It was almost like a play, not a playoff game, but. It had the weight of importance before it. Uh, Monday night, it was cold. It was the Bills. It was Rex Ryan. Division. 
you know, also just like getting excited to see. It's just fun to see every iteration of this team, like what's going to happen. That was at least the excitement before. Obviously, the Giants game, I would say, was not only the best game of the year, but maybe the only good game of the year um, when it really came down to it. Classic Brady getting them in field goal position at the end. Oh, God, that was awesome. I, I still – we had so much to podcast about last week, and that's why we should we got to just make it happen. But, you know, the, the Giants blew it. I think – I know that you only have three timeouts, but what about a timeout with two and a half minutes to go by the opposing team where they all get on the sideline and the coach says, look, teams have made careers – out of fucking the next two and a half minutes up against the Patriots. We need to not screw it up. Whatever we need to do, timeouts, time running, stay in bounds, go out of bounds, run on first down, kick a field goal when we need a field goal, get a touchdown when we get a touchdown. Like, There's a way to do it from here on out, and there's a way to not. And let's take the, the road that gets us the victory, because we're in the driver's seat right now. And instead, they completely shat their pants, somehow left enough time on a team that was dead in the water. I mean, we had lost that game. And, Baker, you called it. You said we're not losing this game in the second half, which made you look great after the fact. But that game was over, pretty much. And and I know that it's like, well, the, like, great play by Malcolm Butler against Odell Beckham in the end zone, all these things, but it doesn't matter. You should be able to survive those things and just win on the technicality of having the ball with two and a half or two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's it's like what we talk about all the time. It's how do these coaches fuck this up so bad? I don't understand that. I don't understand it. It's like, um, and it's not the first time, you know, you, we've been watching a game, as you say, Alex, and you see it and you're like, oh, if this was the Patriots, they would be, the game would be over. But they somehow managed to fuck it up. Like, they, they don't, do they not realize that there's a two-minute warning or there's all this stuff. You're watching it at home and you're like, I, am, am, I understand what's going on and I know basically nothing about football. How do these coaches how do they not have a better grasp of it? And more importantly, like, there should be, I, I, I don't know where I heard the suggestion, but I thought it was great. There should be a guy on the team, a member of the coaching staff, whose job is that. Like he's in charge of clock management, especially at the end, so that the coach can think about, okay, I want to do this, I want to do this. But there's somebody else who's like, we need to do this. We need to run on this, you know, and he gets the final say in those last two minutes. And Baker, I'll let, well, how much they fuck up? How Baker, they fuck that up? Baker, I'll let you jump in, but just to answer that, Mike, like, not only that, but there's only ten situations that are if then. If it's this much time with this many timeouts, if it's this much with this many timeouts, if the score is this, after like, two years of having that coach, the coach should know that. It's it's like it's if you had two years of knowing, okay, well, if it's like this, it needs to be like this. I agree with you. There should be a guy on the sideline. At the same time, the co- it's not that much more information to learn. You have an entire playbook p- playbook memorized. Like, right. You can't just quickly do the analysis of, we got this many timeouts, we're behind by this many, this is what we should do. I don't know. It's crazy. 
I don't know. I don't know what the time is. I'm obviously not a head coach of any sort of football team, but, you know, you watch it. And I, you know, the replays, are, you just think to yourself, there's so many. I know the Giants had so many opportunities to win that game. Just things just broke a certain way. Like they had that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. touchdown. Malcolm Butler breaks it up. Brady throws that pick. They give him a second chance. Uh, yeah, you know that guy. You know, he falls on the turf there with the rookie there. I can't remember his name, but you know, he, it looks like I guess he broke his arm or something when he came down. And that's why he dropped it. But you gotta, you gotta, and that's the thing is like when you play the Giants traditionally, at least the last few times, this is why they're so scary, and and which is kind of one of the reasons why for a second I thought maybe they would lose the game is because they usually make those plays at the end, but didn't happen, which is fine. Yeah. But it goes to show you, I guess, There is there any team scarier? Is there any team we can go into a game against and be more scared of than the Giants? There's no way. I don't, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't think they can get after Brady like they did in those Super Bowls. You know, I, I yeah. don't believe, I don't believe that. Yeah, but how, I mean, the team that beat the 16-0 and team was, uh, was like nine and seven going into the playoffs. They mm-hmm. they play above their pay grade when they play the Patriots. It's true, right? They, uh, yes, that defense with Justin Tuck and uh, you know, OC Omanyora and <laughs> and who else was on that team? There was another a uh, Strahan. Michael Strahan. Strahan was on that team. I mean, that was yes, they were they were great. And you know, Eli plays great in the clutch. But I I don't know. I I just think that. They're not scared. They, you put on a Giants uniform and you're not afraid of the Patriots. And Coughlin certainly is not afraid of the Patriots. I actually ended up – I watched his press conference. He's he's fun, he's pretty fun to watch in a press conference. Coughlin. Who? Coughlin. Coughlin? Yeah. He's so pissed at his players as if he'd just been giving them lessons for their entire lives about how you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this other thing, and they'd all did it. And, and it. it's kind of like he's picking up his sons at jail, and he's he's like, I told, <laughs> I, to, I told you, I just told you you couldn't act like this, and here you are doing it. So, all right, well, more, more present of a point is last night's game. Um, yeah. And I think – the major issue that we come out of the game is the injury thing uh. and how at least <laughs> listening to a little bit of EEI today and some of the sports hub, but basically there's a lot of, I mean, I don't, do you guys ever listen to Jerry Thornton, that guy on WEI who's like Mr. You hate Jerry Thornton. Why would you listen to him? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Like, I don't get it. What the hell? He, he, actually like has, he has great points a lot of times. He's, he's, he does. He has an encyclopedic mind. It's kind of crazy. He's got a v- great vocabulary, too. Yeah. So he said he seemed like completely different day. This is number one fanboy on Boston Sports Radio. He was basically a basement blogger dork who got a job because of how into this the Patriots he was. And he seemed completely defeated today. Um, in terms of the outlook for the rest of the season. But what's crazy is, I don't know. Let's talk about the injuries. But let's also talk about the fact that the point of the season is not to go undefeated. It would be really nice, but the point is to win the Super Bowl. So if you need to sit Amendola, if you need to sit, you know, obviously Edelman. But Edelman is going to come back. Edelman is going to play in a playoff game. Like, I know it. 
So is this really as bad as they're making it out to be? Um, it's pretty bad. I mean, they've reached, as far as the wide receiver position, I think they've reached that point of, like, critical mass. You know, you like, you can't have another injury, or you don't have any wide receivers left on the team. Like, you, what do you have left? You have LaFell. You have Keyshawn Martin, who was traded for. He's out. He's, yeah, where, he's where, out with, where is out. that he guy? Did, he didn't start. Where and was he? Baker, where was he? Sorry to interrupt. Where was he? Yeah. He's hurt. They, they, he was a scratch last night. Rumor has it he was walking to his car two hours before the game. Some good insider info. Yeah. How big was the blunt that he smoked on the way home? Did you not? Did you not? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I, like what, what else can you do? Like, what else can you do? You have, you have Gronkowski, you have Scott Chandler, you've got the running back, you've got Chris Harper. Who the hell is that? And, and this would be so classic Patriots if, like, Chris Harper comes out of nowhere and becomes, like, you know, Julian Edelman circa 2000 and. 11 or whatever he has where he had whenever he had his breakout year which was really last year when he had a really had his breakout last but like what who else is there like what are you supposed to do your offense your whole offensive line is made up of like rookies they were terrible terrible last yeah year. so it's pretty bad yeah. right now they were and, horrible and, and, but and it's the the funny thing sorry my I'll let you go in a second but no the go. funny thing is a couple weeks ago I was saying that like I, I thought their defense was the secondary is horrible, and which that might pan out to be somewhat accurate. But right now, I'm looking at them going, like they're the strength of the team. They're, the whole the defense is awesome right now. Yeah, I I I'm amazed by this team. Like I I can't believe that they won that game in New York. First of all, and I don't think they had any business winning that game last night. Like, they shouldn't have won that game, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. Um, and But it's just like they're playing with house money now, you know, and it's so cool to kind of just roll it out and see if they can beat these teams with basically nobody on offense. Um, and it is kind of troublesome to see Brady hit, like, hit the ground so much. But, like, oh. I – right now, as you said, Baker, like, I'm pumped up about this defense, and I love watching this defense. And they don't even have Jamie Collins. Um, but on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you can talk about stats, you can talk about doing whatever, but coming out of these last two games with a win is why Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I, I, I don't think any other quarterback in history could do so much with so little. Um, and we always talk about, you know, like, 07 when they had that team with Moss and Welker and they were just incredible. But a really good year was the year, I think it was either before that or like two years before that when he had nobody. He had like Rache Caldwell. Gibbons. Some, yeah. No, no, not even, not even. I think Gibbons was gone at that point. But I he heard, had nobody I, and he took him to the AFC championship game. That was like 2006, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Sick. That was incredible, you know? And, and they, he's doing the same thing now. He's got nobody. He has nobody, and he's somehow making it work, you know? Well, okay, he doesn't have nobody. He has – He I, yes, I agree with you. He has nobody next week. 
So we're going to see what that looks like. He didn't he against, did, against the number one rated defense. He didn't have nobody at the start of this game. He had Gronk, he had Amendola, he had LaFell, who they've kept around long enough that you have to imagine he's an okay player. Dobson made another catch and then just shattered. Just cut Dobson. I'm so sick of getting a chub for Dobson when he's on the field and then just <laughs> getting completely blue balled. It's like he didn't even what happened there? He didn't even get injured. He just like uh, his ankle got rolled on. All right. Well, I oh god, it's so annoying that he can't he see had, the field. He had surgery. He had surgery on the same foot his, after his rookie year. So I don't know if that's if it's his ankle or if it's his foot. It's probably his foot. What well, what a pussy! Suck it up. Rub some dirt on it. Get back out there. But you know, this week, Am we can we can, we imagine Amendola is not playing this week, right? There's there's no. Even let's say if it's I don't know what the what's the latest update on Amendola Baker. The latest is that he has an MRI. He had an MRI and he has a strain, and that he's not expected to make to miss extended time. Right, playing in Denver against their defense at negative ten degrees or whatever it'll be on Sunday night. That's not they don't care. They're not going to play in there. So he's going to have Gronk. Scott Chandler's got to do something. Uh, yeah, and. Then, I mean, I guess it's going to be LaFell, and it sounds like Martin will probably get rushed back, even if he isn't ready, because they need another receiver. Um, who else is playing? I mean, who else is on the team? This guy, Harper. Never heard, Harper. Never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. So, anyways. He was good in the preseason, apparently. That's, you know, and I, I do remember him watching the preseason games. He, he had some good catches, and he worked hard. And, you know, even last night, like, there was that was a terrible throw by Brady, by the way. That interception. He had a couple of horrible yeah. throws. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, can you, blame, can you blame him? He's just, like, trying to get rid of the ball before he gets his freaking head taken off. And he can't throw it farther than 30 yards. <laughs> and, he can't, and he shouldn't be allowed to throw it further than 25 yards. Except that I think, and he's doing it like seven times a game now. Like he's doing well, I think I think they're trying to keep the defense honest because if they just keep going underneath, then the defense won't play the long ball. I I honestly think that they've calculated that getting an interception fifty yards down the field is an okay alternative to the defense knowing what they're doing and just like doing whatever defenses do to prevent the like crossing pattern. Mm. The other thing I was thinking, which is not a new thought for Boston Sports Radio dorks, but would be a new thought for anyone who's listening to our podcast, is the Patriots had a lot of success in the past playing offensive players on defense, like Edelman and Troy Brown famously. I mean, I think Troy Brown played defensive back in a Super Bowl that the Patriots won. I might be wrong. Yeah, Oh three. So what about playing Malcolm Butler at wide receiver? I mean, I don't know. What a what an interesting uh, twist that would be to this season. Why not, right? I mean, or Ryan or anybody. Or I mean, I guess they're Slater also. Slater keeps getting injured but then not going out. I think that guy is just like, shoot me up. I'm playing for the, you know, 1.2 I get this year. It's all incentives. Let's go. I'm out there. He's the best. I love him. So... Um, Having said that, you still okay. There, we got to talk about the the whistle, and we got to talk about the refs, and then that'll oh. that'll feed into the NFL in general, and then that'll feed into ESPN, and that'll God. pretty much 
that'll close the podcast. <laughs> but I will say that if you look at the schedule of the Patriots, I think I don't know. Are you guys basically what what I'm thinking now is I don't care if they lose in the regular season. Well, I, I'm I'm sort of on I'm on both sides. I think that Brady has not let out his anger yet from Deflategate until he loses a game. I think he is like waiting to blow his top, but he can't until there's some sort of fundamental flaw in what's going on. But I think the, he was I think he was seething last night when he was ripping into his offensive line like that. Did you see that? Yeah, I yeah. did. I did. That was it made me want to just start blocking better at home. I was like Okay. okay yeah 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 i'll block that for you well and to, to that point baker you know like james white's there's something that people don't talk about that much but i think people the the players on the patriots are petrified of tom brady like you just described and james white scoring that touchdown where he got the like where brady threw him that little up and over and then he ended up not stumbling and beating the defensive back and, and scoring a touchdown that was right at the end of the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big play. That drive, that ability to, like, refuse to lose or whatever you want to call it, to, you know, have the medal to get into the end zone and not get tackled, I think that that could be a fear of Tom Brady's intensity right there. It's like at all times you are going 100% as far as you can go as fast as you can go in order to get to your goal. Because I think he had gotten the first down already. But you see a lot of guys on other teams, they get a first down and then they run out of bounds. And mm. it, you with Amendola, with Edelman, so many times those guys lower their head and then end up getting like thrown over and they get another three or four yards. And that ends up being the difference between a field goal, field position, or having to punt. The difference between a third and one and a third and four or whatever. Yeah. A, a third and nine after a penalty instead of a third and 14. Like, whatever it is. And I, I think that's one of great Brady's greatest attributes is that everyone on the on the sideline is absolutely petrified of him. I don't think he's inviting these guys over for dinner or, like, taking them out to steak dinners. I think he's asking them if they got a good sleep the night before and wondering, like, where their fucking head's at during practice. Yeah. Even on that uh, that last play um, in New York against the Giants, he Amendola got the pass, and then he got, like, four more yards or three more yards or something. That was huge in terms of kicking the field goal. Huge. You know, that, that basically won, won the game. Huge. Um it is weird. I, I don't know about that dynamic between them and Brady, but they, I mean, they, they might fear him, but I know they all fucking respect the hell out of him, and they're willing to, like, basically run through a wall, do whatever they need to do to please him. Um, because he, he does all that stuff. He's the guy who is the first one and the last one out. He eats grass all day long. You know, he backs up everything he does. And so if you... If you want to play with Brady, you better come correct. And I think that kind of everyone around him um, kind of supports that. So, like, what is, you know, Chris Harper going to do when he misses a catch and he goes over to Edelman and he's like, Brady just chewed me out. Like, what an asshole. And Edelman would be like, get your shit together. You know? what? Like, everyone's on board with it. That's the difference that makes between him and maybe other quarterbacks. Well, and he's, and he's delivering. 
Like, just think about Peyton Manning. He's not delivering right now. <clears throat> and you think, if, you think Peyton Manning walks over to some like, young stud on the on the Broncos and tells them to get his shit together, they'll be like, you know, maybe you should stop throwing interceptions. You know, it's <laughs> terrible. It's because so Brady could get the hottest girl in any room he goes into. That's why all the guys listen to him. Yeah. He would be a number one hit on twatter.com. <laughs> Maybe for Halloween he would like put a twat on and then put it on twatter, like a Merkin or something like that. All right, so they've got at Broncos, home against the Eagles, at the Texans, home against the Titans, at the Jets, at the Dolphins. You could play only offensive guys from the practice squad and still go 14-2 and two or 13-3 and three and have the number one seed. I just I wonder if winning every game is worth it in the long term. Because imagine a week. Well, what did Cincinnati lose twice? Yeah. 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 Cincinnati lost twice. Who else was close? The Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah. Whatever. The Broncos. I mean, come on. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> but that's it. I mean, that's it, Baker. Like the other guys are five and six. It's crazy. It goes back to something we've been talking about. It is insane how bad everyone else is. In the pl- I think that both the Colts and who the Jets are in are are in in the playoffs right now. I think Houston's gonna win that division, the Colts division. The Raiders could uh, still get in. It's like, let me just see. Let me hold. It's ridiculous. On. Okay, in the hunt. Yeah, in let's read the in the hunt teams. Here we go. The Jaguars are in the hunt in the AFC. No. Yeah. They they have the Titans listed because they could still win their division. This is on nfl.com, which is just painfully wrong constantly. Okay, the pa- <laughs> the Patriots are right are uh, one, Bengals 2 at 8 and 2, and then you've got the Chiefs at 5 and 5, the Steelers at 6 and 4. The Broncos at eight and two, and the Colts at five and five. The Colts are in the playoffs. The Colts, they're terrible. And they're terrible. The Texans, the Texans, Texans are five and five. That's incredible. I mean, weren't they one and five? I think they won four in a row. Yeah, the something Col- like that. The Bills are five and five. I would not want to play the Bills in the playoffs. I gotta say that after last no. night. I don't. I, you know. His defense, forget about whether he's a good coach, you know, all that stuff. He's got a lot of good defensive players on that team. There are a lot of yeah. fast, athletic, angry, young defensive players on the Bills. Um, yeah. The Jets. And think, about, and think about this. Brady's like 25-3 and three in his career against the Bills. Like, don't you think at some point, like, isn't there the law of averages? Doesn't that say that, like, you, you're going like, to, you have to eventually lose one of those games, you know? Like, you yeah. can't just keep keep winning at 25. I mean, <laughs> in one of those games, he didn't even play. Yeah. I agree with it's you. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like, last night, I can't, I can't get over Rex Ryan. Like, I can't imagine what his life must be like. He like he had everything in his hands to finally take him down, you know, and he couldn't do it. And I literally before before halftime when he was flipping out, do you remember that? Yeah, I thought he was gonna have yes. I thought he was gonna have a heart attack. 
and I thought he was going to die on the field, and it was going to be, like, horrible, and then, like, it was going to be, like, this huge thing, and I was thinking, and then 10 years from now, we'll be like, remember when the Patriots killed Rex Ryan? <laughs> he died. <laughs> like, we'd finally be able to laugh about it. <laughs> uh, and I wish at the end of the game when they were like, oh, looks like they're having communication issues on the Bills' sideline. Like, well, oh my Rex didn't slam his communication device on the ground five times at the end of the first half. Maybe they would have been a little bit better. I fell asleep at the end of the third quarter. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pathetic. You missed the whole game. No. I mean, nobody scored in the fourth quarter. What happened? What happened in the fourth quarter? Great defense. So exciting. Yeah. Mike, the defense I'm, was awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for staying up that late. I was... It was 2 o'clock in the morning when I went to bed, and I had to wake up at uh, 6 for class this morning. It was ridiculous. All right, how was the eggplant parm? Just give us uh, the short, short version. It was fantastic. It was so good. Um, Panko is the best best stuff in the world, um, and it worked out well. Made it into a sub. It was just incredible. And you got eggplants because they grow around you, or you ha- they came in on the truck? What? Ha- where are they? They, they? they came in on a truck, and, like, it's like <clears throat> the stuff comes in on the truck, and all the good stuff is gone within, like, 25 minutes. So I was able to get eggplants and mushrooms, and I was so excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then wh- where did you get the mozzarella? Did they have that? No, they don't. So, like, that's the other thing about chili. It's Chili in general, and even worse than food de la Fu is it, it's just cheese. Like, they have you, – you don't ask for a type of cheese. You just ask for cheese, and they give it to you. That's it. That's, there's one type of cheese. Such bullshit. It killed me. <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out well. I did, like, as well as I could with the stuff that I had. Sounds good. It was probably that salty, crumbly cheese. I bet it tasted great. It did. It was good. It worked out well. All right, so – in the third quarter, no, yeah, it was in the third quarter. Patriots have a third down. It was like a pretty, what was it, third and six, third and seven when the, when the whistle gate happened. And, yeah. And uh, it looks like Brady's going to go down. And it was really weird because the whistle was so early when he threw the ball that, I don't know, it was just all of a sudden everything was out of sorts. But then you saw how open Amendola was once he caught the ball, and you were like, what is going on here? And they immediately show all these replays and all this stuff, and it's clear that the refs just completely screwed it up, and that's what they said it was. But to me, this feeds into a way larger thing, which is that I do not understand why there are so many replays and everyone is saying we need to have more replays because the refs are so bad. I think if there were no replays, the games would be better. Because it just doesn't matter if the refs get them wrong unless we have to watch 50 replays showing that they were wrong. And I'm not sure that the world would be a worse place if we couldn't review every play to see whether it was right or wrong. I think that ref blew his whistle because he was petrified of doing something wrong on a nationally televised big game where an undefeated team who's complained about the refs and who's had Deflategate and all this stuff is playing. I think he's now, like, scared. He has, 
What's that thing where like blind people still or blind people, people with amputated legs, like still think their leg is there. He's like having some sort of weird reaction to the pressure and to the fact that like Rex Ryan is standing in front of his face and he's like all agitated and it's, something's got to happen. It's got to be a hold or it's got to be a, you know, pass interference or it's got to be a something. And I feel like all these rules have come out of replays. Once we were able to start watching the games and be like, well, he shouldn't be able to do that, and that's not okay, and well, what about when he's got his hands up to his mask, and what about when he's holding him from behind, and then we need a rule, we need a rule, we need a rule. Just let them play football. Like, what is the point? That made the game so much cheaper than it would have been if we didn't have to go through all that shit. So that, that's my rant on that. I think it's a direct – I think the bad refing is a direct relationship to the rise of the 24 uh, – 24-hour sports media obsession. And if you start watching people, you start watching ESPN, you start watching these games, 60% of the content when there's no commercials is replays. It's ridiculous. So that's that's that for me. Well, I think, I think Belichick's correct. If you're going to be able to have instant replay, you should be able to instant replay. You should review everything. You should be able to review anything you want to. You, can't, you shouldn't select which what you can and can't review, number one. Or not have it at all, like you say, Alex. Number two. Number three, I don't – you know, first of all, what, you're, the, what you were looking for is phantom pains. That's what you have when you're an amputee. And second of all, what I'm thinking wow. about is, is this referee, you know, he, is, he has another job, and he, like, he isn't a full-time ref. That's not what – you know, here's this multi-billion-dollar empire, and they they don't even hold these guys really that accountable. You know, it's like <clears throat> I have this professor uh, that that does work the lines. He's a referee for Syracuse games. He shows up, and he's got his brothers there. He's been doing it. His whole family's been doing it for years. Well, he's an orthodontist on the side, the side like that's his day job, and then they, you know five, ten games a year, whatever it is, home games, he shows up to Syracuse and works the line. Like, you know, that's what the NFL has, essentially. And these guys should be held accountable. They should, you know, like maybe they, you know, you screw up like that on a primetime game, maybe you should be fined or suspended. I mean, the players would be if they did something wrong, right? So they should be, this should be their full-time job. They shouldn't be trying to cheap skate around the referees. They should be have training all the time for them. You know, not just show up, you know, 16 weekends a year and put a whistle in. Apparently, this ref, too, he this is he, he had suffered some broken ribs or something happened in a previous game like eight weeks ago, and this was his first week back. Jesus Christ. On a Monday night. I On a Monday com- night. This is not professional. Yeah. It was completely I, – I understand your point, Alex, and I agree with you on a lot of uh, – um, that a lot um but i thought that that i i that was completely inexcusable what like why blow the whistle what like why there's there's no reason there's there's how many other refs are there to watch the game you know like if you don't see it then someone else will be able to come in and, and make the right call like they 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 are just they're putting themselves into these games and they're I, it, it might be for what you're saying that they're scared and they, they're scared to make the wrong call or do whatever, but you're right. They just got to let them play and then let it like work its way out. You know, let, let it, let it, let it, 
let it, the chips fall where they may or whatever. But that was I was so fucking pissed after that because there's no reason what what happens if if he doesn't blow the whistle, you know? What's the worst thing that could happen? You do you understand? Like what? Why would he blow the whistle? There's no reason to do it. The, well, I heard it. I heard a good it? argument today. I heard a good argument today that that you know, well, maybe he blew the whistle because it was Brady, and it looked like Brady was going to go out of bounds, or maybe take like a hit there or something, and and you know, it looked like he was going to go out of bounds, so he blew the whistle to like protect him. And it's you know, they're yeah. always trying to protect the quarterbacks. I don't, know how, I don't know how much accuracy there is to that statement, but it kind of makes sense. Well, to give it context as well, both I heard both Brady and Belichick interviewed in long form today on the radio, and both of them had the things like that happen, you just have to keep playing, refs, oh. refs make mistakes, and, I, you know, it even looked like Belichick on the sideline wasn't that pissed. I think ultimately... I think he actually takes pride when there's no, or takes pride, takes, you know, uh, whatever the saying is, take, just likes the fact that something wrong can happen in this world that is so controlled. People make mistakes. So, you know, we're all human and it brings it down to the level that he's always preaching at practice, which is you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know who's going to get hurt and you don't know what circumstances are going to be. You don't know what the weather is going to be like. You don't know if the other team is going to not get any penalties called on them. You don't know what's going to happen, so you just have to adapt. Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I, I texted you last night about that right after. Okay, It's like Brady and Belichick were just moving on. Next play. I didn't spend any longer thinking about it. I'm like, God, how many times in my life do I just sit around and dwell on the shit that just happened to me or whatever? When I, the best thing to do would be like, what's the plan of attack moving forward? And that's immediately they were like, they want to get the next play in. They wanted to go. They wanted to go. They, they didn't want to sit there and, and bitch about the play. There was some confusion on the field, and they wanted to take advantage of it. I, I just thought that was so cool. Like, you know, I was watching that game, and I'm like, look at these guys just like moving on to the next thing. You know. So there's so many examples of so many industries where. The better you get, the more professional you get, the more expensive the price, the more elaborate the production, that there are people who make sure that nothing goes wrong. So if you go to the fanciest restaurant in the world, they know how to take your coat, they know how to fold your napkin when you go to the bathroom, there is a, you know, the water comes and then the drink orders do this and then there's bread and there's butter and there's a different person for everything and if you don't know how to eat at a fancy restaurant, they've been trained on how to react to you and help you while keeping a friendly way about it so that they don't make you feel un you know unfortunate and then you give them a big tip. So it's this whole thing. Or think about a Rolling Stones concert. When you go to a Rolling Stones concert compared to like a garage band at a local bar the pyrotechnics, the guitar guys, the way that they get you in, the way that they get you through the beer line, the way that they, the lights, you know, the, everything is perfect, the sound. The NFL is the most expensive sporting spectacular that we have in the richest, most entertainment-obsessed country in the world. And the refs are the equivalent of, like, the lights going out at a club while a garage band is playing. They suck. There's better refs. Terrible. There's better refs at high school games sometimes, 
And then you look at, remember when the light, literally the lights went out at the Super Bowl like three years ago? <laughs> or how is the replay thing take so long? Or, you know, there are all these illustrations of people not remembering how it should go after a rule. Or, you know, something happens that nobody expected. Like the, I don't know, the ball went off somebody this way or that way. Or all these different things. And yet, they seem so ill-prepared. And maybe it's because they're cheap, like you said, Baker. Maybe they just are all about profit, but it's kind of embarrassing for them, isn't it? It's got to be. You're standing there on a Monday night, like, you spent, how much time did you spend last night going, what are they talking about right now? Why don't they have this figured out? I mean, even on, like, not plays where they had an inadvertent whistle, but it was just a regular play, they, and then they get together and they have a meeting. And I think Jerry Thornton wrote about that today. Like, what's the worst thing that you can possibly imagine during your day? It's a meeting. It's like day to day, thinking about it. And I was like, that's so funny, because that's all they did last night. The refs would get together. The whole momentum of the game would stop. Like, you know, right. that, was such a huge, that was such a huge swing. That could have been seven points for the Patriots or not. You know, who knows? It doesn't really matter. But, you know, there was this huge momentum swing after that because then the Bills scored on the next drive. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is terrible. But I will say this, Alex. This is perfect for you, and, Mike, you can jump in after this. But this is perfect for you because the Patriots are 10-0. I was laughing about this last night. And it gives you plenty of stuff to not only talk but also complain about. Right? Yeah. So it's just got to be like heaven for you. Why? Because the refs are so bad? No, not the refs, but just like, you know, the injuries, the, the NFL in general. <laughs> you know, you plenty of stuff to like, you know, it's like when Belichick wins a game, but then the next day he comes in and he like, and the, the team is feeling good and he like picks out all the bad things. He doesn't say anything good. All he says is this was terrible, this was terrible, this was terrible, you know? Yeah, I, but I don't, yeah. I, but I'm excited when they win. I was excited to watch that game last night, and I was super excited for the Giants game. And it's it's gone, we're over the hump now. I just, the problem with me is that it's like I know I'm going to eat at a restaurant that has the best food, but they're literally dumping toxic waste out the back door into the river that I drink from. I am tuning into the NFL, and they're the worst corporate entity I can think of. And it's not only because I think they're greedy, it's because they run a shitty organization. They have, they're not even good at what they do. You know, you compare like Apple to the NFL and you think about how good an iPhone works and the Apple store and, you know, their protection plan and the quality of their, pro, of their software and all those things that have made them such a success story and the, the intelligence of you know, their app store and iTunes before that and all of these things. The NFL is like a piece of shit when you when you look at it. Well, that's yeah. the human that's the human component that you'll never be able to get rid of. Right, but uh, what I'm saying about is Apple, like Apple, you're talking about computers. You're talking about the NFL, you're talking about players and people. Yeah, but the but sure, but there are still people involved in designing and delivering the product in Apple. I, I more mean You've got you've got our attention. We're all watching. We all like the sport. We all like the players. We're all playing fantasy, and you're pretty much a B minus in all instances. 
in your in your your announcers are terrible. Uh, Gruden is terrible. Collinsworth, I can't stand listening to. I don't like whoever the I you know Troy Aikman is an idiot. Phil Simms is an idiot. What like there? And do we care? Do we care that? Quarterbacks from 1999 who were in the Super Bowl, or, or I just want a good announcer. Yeah, and the product sucks. Like I can't. It's it's amazing watching it this year. There's so many shitty games. And to what at what point do we say like what's causing all this? What why is it? Why isn't this better? You know. And and why are we watching? Is is a larger question. <laughs> can't turn away. There's no there's no other alternative. All right, I have house guests who just arrived. Should we just wrap it up right there? Yeah, sure. I will say that the one last thing before we're done. I, how the hell does Ray Lewis have a job? <laughs> that is awful. It is terrible listening to that guy. That's all I have to say. The crazy part is no one thinks yeah, he's, he's a piece good. of shit. Yeah, no one thinks he's good. All right, great job. Le- let's leave it for next time. We got, got plenty of content. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> All right, I love you guys. All right, yeah, you too. Love you, buddy. All right, bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Landline. Check out more episodes at www.talkforaliving.com. Find us on iTunes. Find us on SoundCloud. Find us on TalkForAliving.com. I am your host, Alex McKay. Music by John Lucy and the Pitchfork Revolution. Mike is in Chile. Chris is in Rochester, New York. They don't want you to find them. More episodes coming up. Not always with these guys. So if you didn't like them, try the next one. All right. Hope you're having a good time out there. Talk to you later. Adios. Adios.